another grand old episode of one kind of podcast and that kind of podcast is gotta be it's just gotta be the, uh, <laughs> the island shuffle oh, welcome to the show starring me the always excited and boisterous bean and and i'm james now, James, normally you're matching my energy level, so I'm kind of wondering what happened to your voice. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did you lose your memory? I can't remember anything. Oh, no. And, and now I talk soft. Now you talk Now you talk in small sentences, uh-huh. like what happens when you don't remember. Yes. Like our fr- friend Daniel Faraday. Daniel Faraday. Good Daniel Faraday. That is me. That's you. For this week, we decided it'd be funny if ja- if James was Daniel Faraday. We didn't decide. I that you was an improvised decision. <laughs> you decided. I guess. I don't think it went over very well. I enjoyed it. Real fans, real fans of the show. Real enjoyed fans it. enjoyed it. Yes. You and the cat. Me and the cat enjoyed it. Uh, Stephanie probably enjoyed it. The cast of Lost. The cast of Lost who all listen who to the show that? regularly. Who's Charlie? Again. Uh, Dom's Wild Things. Dom's Wild Things mm-hmm. on his YouTube. On his YouTube. On his Instagram, he enjoyed it. He can't get enough of our he's fun. He's Charlie content. in real life. He's he's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I was, love him. He was in Lord of the Rings. I know, and, and nerds like Lord of the Rings. That's <laughs> it's cool, like The Hobbit. <laughs> Huge take. I don't know. I actually don't know enough about Lord of the Rings to know to know what the hot the hot or cold takes are. Yeah, me neither. It seemed pretty uh, well received. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. I'm, yeah. I'm glad we can agree that people seem to enjoy. The movies were quite popular, but I hear the books are something, too. The books really, you know, some say that the books might even be better than the movies. Like, I don't know. I don't see how they could be any longer than the movies. My God. Oh, boy. The books are just like the mov- the director's cut movies, but like the director's cut of those. So the director's director's cut. Yeah. Cut. The ex- executive producer's cut. Wow. Uh, you're right. I think we're both th- onto something about Lord of the Rings. Yes. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, The Island Shuffle, where me, Bean, and James James watch an episode of a show lost, a hit ABC show lost about plane crash on an island, uh-huh. and mysteries abound upon this wacky island, and lovable misfits on this island as well. Uh, today we watched an episode. <laughs> we watched it was a r- in season four. It was in season four. It was in episode nine, and it is called The Shape of things to come that's a very famous uh phrase is it not what's a heck everybody loves to say out loud like what is the shape of things to come there's a lot of albums that are like the shape of genre to come uh-huh ornette coleman has the shape of jazz to come uh i'm don't know who has the shape of punk to come that's definitely refused an album. refused i think has that album and the shape of uh feet to come <laughs> is my new footwear line <laughs> it is just circular <laughs> <laughs> like little poles. I believe that our feet are trending in a very circular direction, like a fist <laughs> on the bottom of your leg. I'm thinking of what if you could curl up your feet like fists, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> and that's how people kicked. <laughs> <laughs> then kicks would be scary. Kicks would be insane. Kicks right now? Someone tries to kick me right now, and I say, what is this? Try punching me, oh weirdo. Oh, my God. Wow, that's so we figured it out. We figured it out. We solved it. We solved the etymology of this episode's name down to its core. <laughs> Don't worry. It's the shape of things to come. And who is it about but our favorite character, Mr. Henry Gale. Mr. Henry Gale, nay, Benjamin Linus. <laughs> and uh, he's up to fucking all kinds of things. He's being bad. He's being bad. He's not being even a little bit of good, arguably. Should we go um, his flash? storyline is so bizarre it's really out there um but i feel like for the sake of continuity we should do it after yeah i think so too because it's so like removed Mm -hmm. yeah it's very removed and there's really only one thing at the end that ties in but yeah still it has that impact like it's the last scene in the episode right so i feel like uh i also want to mention before we get into it how did you feel about this episode in general i thought it was good honestly it, it is good uh, but this episode definitely is like it has a v- it has a very distinct pace to it. Yeah, and that pace is just like 
all the way up all the time. Yeah, totally. And the reason for that is because season four. Oh, was this like a cut short? Yes. We got to do it all real quick sort of thing? This is their first episode back from the writer's strike. Okay. So it goes right into it. No muss, no fuss. Just shit's popping off right wow. away. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I sort of like it. Well, because like my complaint was what became of Lost is just like there's no tension and it's boring. Yeah. And it's like that would not describe this episode. No, there is tension and it's exciting. It is exciting and there's tension. Mm-hmm. How are they going to get out of this scrape, we wonder? They're in a bind again. They're in a bind the again. The gang is in a bind. The gang is in a bind once again. So the first scene we see of the main plot uh-huh. is... Hurley, Sawyer, and Locke are having a conversation, and Hurley's saying in, something intense. He's saying, we're all going to die, and Sawyer's saying, calm down. We're not all going to die. We're not all going to die. Hugo, my friend and who Hur- I love. And Hurley says, listen, you're making a mistake, and Locke says, it's his to make, buddy. And then Sawyer says, all right, I'm attacking Siberia, and boom, the camera pans down. You thought they were talking something really serious. They're playing the game Risk, they're playing the, the board game. They're playing the board game Risk. They're having fun. It's a leisure activity. It's something you do to pass time and get angry at but your But you friends. don't give them Australia. No, you don't give them Australia. Australia is the key to the game. The, it is the key to the game, Did you? which I think is weird. I think that's weird. Australia has one way into the rest of the map, yeah. so it is not the key to the game. No, Hurley's wrong. Hurley's wrong, um, but it is also like... I don't know. Risk is balanced very badly. <laughs> Risk is a game that is not like fun to play, really. Yeah, I've not played it for probably 17 years, mm. and I think um, in two years, I will hope that it will be 19 years since I've played it. Uh, I haven't played it in, a l- I'm going to say, over 10 years, probably. Yeah. Not a good game. Yeah. Fuck Risk. <laughs> There's a lot better games. If, I, if I'm gathering my friends to play a lengthy board game, I have many more and better options. Yeah. This has been Board Game Corner. Did board games get better? Yes. They did, right? Or at least like So like I feel board like game selection got so much better. Growing up it was like you had like Monopoly had risk operation. You had like ten and they all kinda like they Life. W- some of them some of them were like so short and not fun, and some of them are like they've been like your grandpappy was playing monopoly yeah and like it's not a game that's designed it's a game that's like designed to be evil and not fun it's designed for like drunk people or something it's designed for like people who are mad it's designed by people who have who just want to waste their friends time yeah it's made to have one hap- one sort of happy person and three very angry people by the end of it. It's not designed with any design in mind. No, uh, it's not designed with any design in mind. They did not think about it. They did not think about it. Uh, but now there's plenty of board games that anybody can play. It's fun, like Connect Four. Connect Four, anybody can play the it. Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube, and my favorite board game is Rubik's Cube. <laughs> the Yo-Yo. <laughs> the Yo-Yo is my favorite board game, too. Uh-huh. My favorite board game also is Ball in a Cup. I was... You took that right out of my lungs. Well, that's where the... I was about to say... That thing with the ball on a string and you catch it in a cup. I also really like the, the propeller thing that you whirl. Oh, and it, yeah. You, you I like Beyblades. Yeah, Beyblades is a great board game. My favorite um, board game is... Washer Toss? My favorite board game is those old, like, Digimon Digivices that were really just, like, pedometers. Uh-huh. But then you'd look at it sometimes and a Digimon would say, ah, I'm hungry or something. <laughs> My favorite board game is Call of Duty. <laughs> My favorite board game is, I don't know, fucking... Snatcher, who cares? My favorite board game is um, The Will to My Estate. <laughs> I'll just sit down and I'll will things out and I have a great night. That is fun. That's It's a single player game, Yeah, but tons of fun. It's solitaire for rich people. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the existential rich people. Yeah. That's cool. Game More games should be challenging like that. There's uh, board games tend to be like you know two people four people, what about one person and like there's something at stake. Totally, yeah. your life, your life and your estate. How about that? And your estate. Mm-hmm. Wow, I would love to have an estate. <laughs> Imagine having an estate. It would be incredible. I wouldn't have to worry about 
buying lunch at Tim Hortons. No. How much that is going to cost me. No, not at all. I would probably go to a nicer restaurant. Yeah, I would go to my own restaurant that I own because of my powerful estate. Uh-huh. The estate signature dish. I don't think I know how estates work. <laughs> it's creamed mushrooms with braised brisket. Do all estates have signature dishes? Um... So the show Lost. Yes. <laughs> so the television show called Lost. Uh, the gang's playing Risk. And then they get a little phone. Oh, yeah. th- and then they <laughs> yeah, that's how we that's got That's how here. that happened. That's how that happened. Oh. Uh, you can follow that thread if you just go back and listen to it all, I'm sure, if you really <laughs> want understand. to. You'll understand. I'm sure you understood. But if you want to understand it all over again, <laughs> the little button called Rewind right there on your podcast. Rewind. <laughs> um, uh, so... Ring-a-ding-ding, phone call for whoever is willing to pick up, says, <laughs> hey, uh, sorry about your little game of risk, buddy, boy, but we got a code 14J. This is a robot voice. It's uh-huh. not a real it person it saying, giving them, giving them what for. Robot voice says, hey, code 14J, please and thank you. And then Locke and Sawyer go over to Ben's house. Ben is just playing piano. <laughs> he is. He's good, too. This is maybe the only time I've ever seen Ben do a like a leisure activity. Totally. Like hang out. And he's working at it too. He's not even it's not even leisure for him. No, it's just he's just cat it it, it what would you call it? He's if it's like not a leisure? young Mozart cat. Ah, yes. The, mo- the <laughs> a cat named Mozart. <laughs> yeah. A real cool cat named Mozart. <laughs> the way he's like swatting at the <laughs> at the keys. <laughs> you know how pianists play? You know how when you see a professional pianist play like in a concert <laughs> and they're just like swatting at the keys. They curl their feet up into a little ball and they just walk all over the keyboard. <laughs> they just walk all over it. And it's so it's so impressive, their control over the This over is the what music. Ben is doing. This is what Ben is doing. And they walk in on him stomping on this beautiful grand piano. And they tell him it's a code J14. And he hops off the piano immediately. <laughs> He's, mad. He's mad. And he says, code 14J? He gets a shotgun. Sawyer is alarmed, but he hands the shotgun to Sawyer and says, get everyone, get them in here. We need to fortify now. They're here. Bonk. Whoa. Start of the episode. So they're here? They're here. And who are they? Who it's, are they? It's uh, Kimi and the boys. Kimi and the, the gang. The mercenary gang. The mercenary gang that came on Widmore's big boat. And who are they with? They are with... Uh, Alex. Th- yes. The Ben's daughter. They're with Alex Ben's daughter. They have stolen her. They have kidnapped her from the forest. To use as a chess piece Mm -hmm. to get Ben. That's exactly right. Uh, So, Sawyer says, uh, I'm going to get Claire. You guys barricade the door. It's very, very panicked. Hurley comes out with a screaming baby. Yeah. Locke and uh, and and Ben are, like, piling shit on the door. Like, that's their... Hey, great strategy. (laughs) Oh, I know. Just like I don't know, we'll just, just literally put more the, stuff. Literally the strategy of like a child who doesn't want their mom and There's dad to come like in. Like a <laughs> giant mound of things on the door. Yeah, so, yeah, it is funny. It is. It it would be funny if if Ben weren't so darn scared. What's most 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 alarming is that Ben is in panic mode. Uh-huh. Ben, ben is, is truly terrified. He's like, we need to go now. We don't have time. When Sawyer goes, he's usually so controlled and calm and collected. He's getting like the <laughs> shit kicked out of him with a smile on his face. Exactly. But here, there a, sim- a simple code fourteen J has sent him off the deep end. Off the deep end. C- Sawyer says, "I'm going to go get Claire." And then when they're bar- barricading him off, Hurley says, "How are we going to let Sawyer in?" Ben just says, "We're not." He's just out there now. Idiot. That's his his idiot he, Ben. He made his bed. He's sleeping in it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sawyer never makes his bed. Sawyer never makes his bed. Uh, speaking of making his bed, Sawyer is on his way to... Uh, to go get Claire. To go get Claire. He runs into a random guy, a uh-huh. guy we've never seen before, an extra, and he says, listen, you should. things are about to get crazy here. You should hold up and hide. And he's and the guy says, what do you mean? And then pop, pop, pop. He gets popped he from, from the mercenaries in the woods. It's cool. So people die. That's we don't know any of them. Here's how this sequence exactly plays out. Okay, yes. This guy dies. Uh-huh. And Sawyer's like, oh, no. A second lady comes out from behind the, w- the woods and says, what's happening? Also dies Killed immediately. immediately. And Sawyer's like, Jesus. And then a third person comes down to, like, check on this second person. And Sawyer's like, get back. Get back. 
and this third person dies also. But they don't shoot Sawyer. They have. They are able to dome three different moving people. With only three shots, too. In, yeah, in one. And then a hail of bullets is coming down on Sawyer, and he has, and his cover is a uh, turned over pic- uh, picnic bench uh-huh. and then a like knee high picket fence uh-huh. <laughs> and he's and, and he, he is fine he's fine he's, he's shooting at them yeah <laughs> he's trying to but shoot he's at running them. to the house to go get claire mm-hmm. so he needs to get through so he does he finds a way he finds he finds a way he dodges all these bullets magically and thank god they would never do anything to hurt one of our protagonists no especially not claire not claire Oh wait! Wait a second! I got bad news. These bad boys don't just have a gun, a lot of guns, and a lot of fast guns. <laughs> they have a rocket launcher. They have a rocket launcher, <laughs> and they launch it right at the house that Claire is sleeping in, and blow up the entire house. The house blows up. <laughs> it blows up. We see through the house. We see Sawyer the go. The whole house is done. We see Sawyer say, "Claire, oh my God." The like the house is rubble. It's charred. Nothing in that house survived. And then, and then Sawyer comes over and like kicks over a piece of debris. Claire's fine. Claire is fine. And he picks Claire up. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the place. And he's like, "Let me in." He yes. goes to the house where all the people are. Yes. And Hurley starts to remove debris. And and Ben points a gun at him and says, "Don't you do it." And then Hurley says, "Fuck this. That's my friend." And ends up throwing a chair through the window to let him yeah, in. Yeah, and lets them in. Mm-hmm. And then Hurley's like, what? What happened to Claire? And yeah. what is uh, what does Sawyer say? He's yeah. like, she got, she got her bell rung, she but she'll be fine. She got her bell rung, but she's fine. And it's like, she got blown up. She got her house exploded. She should be dead. She died. She died. <laughs> I would not call that having my bell rung. Yeah. Oh, I would say got her bell rung. I would say it's a miracle that she's breathing. Yeah. <laughs> That's Sawyer how I would describe it. genuinely not Unfazed. that concerned. He believes that she's fine. Unfazed by this group of mercenaries that have a rocket launcher handy and are skilled with it. It's cool. It's... There's a... When I said there's a lot happening in this episode, I was not kidding. Yeah. A lot is happening in this episode. Uh, anyways, there's a knock on the door. Everybody's here. Who could it be? They uh, take a look out, and then they quickly open the door and rebarricade it. Who is it? It's Miles. Miles. Miles, of course, came on the boat, but uh, I don't think he's necessarily allied with the people who are trying to he kill everybody. He doesn't like the mercenary boys. No. Miles is chill. Miles is all right. Miles brings a walkie-talkie and says, here, Ben, they want to talk. And so out comes Mr. Kimi, Mr. Martin Kimi, and him and Ben have a conversation through the window over walkie-talkie. And the way it's shot is, like, through the window we see a tiny little Kimi, and then the reverse shot is just Ben's whole face taking up the entire shot. It's great. I like it. It's really good, (laughs) honestly. It's funny, yeah. Uh, Because also Ben's face looks like shit. Yeah. (laughs) So it's very, Oh, yeah, because he's just, like, concerned and a little bit dirty. Yeah, and he's, like, on – he's, like – you can see, like, the gears turning in his head as he's thinking, like, what do I friggin' do? I got to make this guy go away. And uh, they have a little conversation, and they're, like – and the mercenaries are, like – Listen, Ben, we're here to get you. That's our job. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't really explain what the mercenaries are, why they're killing everybody, they right? They just want to get Ben. They want to get Ben, and the reason Ben is uh, concerned, the, the reason Ben has everybody like on his side, uh-huh. tentatively, is he says, they're going to get me, and then once they get me, their orders are to kill everybody else on the yeah. island. So fair. Mm-hmm. People don't want that. People don't want that because they don't want to die. They're selfish, but I get it. Sawyer even Sawyer even brings it up. Sawyer even says, "Why I don't give a shit about this little fucking rat-faced idiot. idiot. This bug-eyed fool. This little eater of urinated on cakes. This <laughs> this urinal cake chomping fool. Urinal cake chomping fool. I'm gonna. T- this guy's been antagonizing us for the better part of two seasons. Yeah." And we're gonna just side with him now. All of a sudden, I should throw. I we should. Why don't we just give him to the mercenaries? What's the trouble? And of course, the trouble is they have a rocket launcher and seem to be island mad or something. Yeah. Uh. So, that's what's at stake. Ben and Kimi square off. Ben says, "I know exactly who you are, Martin Kimi. You did a you. I'm gonna imply that you did a war crime. I think. Yeah. Uh. So I know what you did in Uganda. I know what you did, and you're not and so we can dispense with the formalities. And Kimi says, you got it, bub. Bring her out. 
and they bring out Alex, and Alex is put on her knees in front of Kimi, crying, sobbing, screaming, mm-hmm. and Martin puts a gun to her head and says, Ben, you come out of that house right now, or I kill your daughter. Aww. And uh, Ben thinks about it, and he comes up with a counteroffer. <laughs> His counteroffer is dope. His counteroffer is, how about this? How about you all turn around, get on a helicopter, leave this island, and never think about it again? And <laughs> Not much of an offer. Not much of an offer. And Kimi is understand. Kimi, certified evil. Not swayed by this offer. Not convinced. He says, all right, say goodbye to your dad. Alex says, they're really going to do it. And Ben says, don't worry, I've got this. And so Kimi starts counting down from 10. And Ben's plan, Ben's plan is is to say, listen, that's just, that's not really my daughter. I stole her when she was a baby from an insane woman. She's a pawn to me. Uh, She means nothing to me. Every one of my people are ready to die for this island. So if you want to shoot her, go ahead and... Poop. He does shoot her. He sure does. And the last thing that Ben's daughter heard was her dad saying that he doesn't care about her. Big scene. It was crazy. <laughs> That's why I liked this episode. I yeah. feel like that one scene yes. is enough to carry any lost episode. That one scene is so like I think because it was big. It was just so, and it felt big. It's big. It feels big. I feel like the first part where like the house blows up and like Sawyer is taking gunfire. Yeah, it's corny as shit. It's very like corny. It's like pe- people who don't know how to direct an action movie. Yeah. Uh, this is it's dramatic. It may be one of the most memorable. Like if you watch Lost this far, you remember this scene. Yeah. Kimi doesn't even get to the end of the countdown before. It's great. He- it's ice cold. It's one of the coldest moments in Lost. He murders the man's daughter and then just walks away. And then just walks away. And before that, Ben, who is like, we're supposed to be like, oh, this guy's the like, as far as sides go, I guess we're on Ben's side. Yeah. He says, I don't love my daughter. Oh, he's (laughs) disgusting little man. (laughs) It's awful. It's really out here. He's a very selfish boy. He's incredibly selfish. Uh, The gang... Inside the house is scurrying. They're like, what are we going to do? We got to sort something out. Can we? Should we just give Ben up? I mean, they're going to kill us all anyway. And the camera slowly zooms in on Ben while everybody thinks happening around him. And he just kind of gets up and says, he changed the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, what rules? What, what are you, the fuck, man? You weren't playing Risk with us. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? The rules of Risk are clearly laid out and well-defined. It's hard. To, it would be <laughs> if someone tried to change them. You would, no, you could refer to the rule book. You could just refer to the rule book. Plus, we have bigger things to worry about than the rules of risk. I don't know if you noticed, but your daughter's dead. Your daughter has died. I don't know if you know. And Ben says, "Shut up! I know damn well." And yeah, scurries off into the toilet room. Yes. Oh. He scurries off into his office, uh-huh. shuts it behind him, l- while and while Sawyer is slamming on the door, saying, open this damn door, as he loves to do, he goes into the secret, secret room where the toilet is. Remember the, Remember how we, we saw him open up a dirty little sink? A weird drain a, a that's weird down a bizarre, muddy path? He goes there and does that. And uh, what that does... It calls the smoke monster. It calls the smoke monster. To kill. To kill. And the kill the smoke monster does. The smoke monster fucking floods through the whole city. Uh, takes <laughs> through <laughs> The city of nine houses. The, si- the grand city Let of... Let me tell you the story of the city of nine houses. Honestly, as far as the island goes, that's a city. <laughs> Believe it or not, nine different stories going on at the same time. Now, let me tell you about each of these nine stories in excruciating detail. And they're each 14 hours long. <laughs> so gather yourself, get a cup of hot cocoa, and we're going to tell you all about the long history of all nine of these houses. Welcome to the director's cut of The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> what if that's what Lord of the Rings was? Let me tell you the story of nine different people. Because when I think, like, and I can understand, like, a high fantasy thing, like, that, like, ah, uh, the great houses, you know, King Joseph uh-huh, begat, the, be- yeah. begat these guys. That, like, they... is the start of Lord of the Rings. Exactly. But, like, what if it was just, like, like just like oh 
He was doing this thing. Kev- Kevin lived there yeah. for uh, for like five years. He worked at this factory, and then he got a job at the office. And then and he moved then out. He nobody's yeah. nobody's moved in since. On to the next. <laughs> yeah, it watched a lot of TV. <laughs> watched a lot of TV. He kind of he kind of did most of his living outside of his home, so mm-hmm. there's not really much of a story here. <laughs> next, next. <laughs> well, and then the so the monster came and it murdered. It murdered the whole of the army. And then what? There's like one more sentence said. Uh, everybody's uh, everybody's kind of shocked that Ben yeah. can summon the monster. Uh, on and while they're like strolling through the woods, uh, someone I think Locke says, "Hey, sorry about your daughter." Also, you lied about the monster. Yeah. And uh, Ben's like, don't worry about it, because we're on our way to Jacob's cabin to, oh, yes. to go. Oh, my God. I forgot. To go there. And Sawyer's like, you know what? I just watched a house blow up and a smoke monster get summoned. I don't trust you. You guys tried to lock me out of the house when people <laughs> were trying to kill me. Yeah, I'm out of this. Me, Hurley, Miles, and Claire, and the baby, we're going home. Bye. And, and they're like, you can't take Harley. You can't. Yeah, Locke pulls a gun on Sawyer and says, you can't take Hurley. Sawyer pulls a gun on Locke and says, "Where don't you fuck with her, my friend Hurley. Yeah, <laughs> he's really looking out for Hugo Reyes. Yes. It's really cute. It's good. It's re- what real friends would do. Yeah, it so- is. Sawyer he is, is a real friend. Sawyer is straight up ready to die for Hugo, and that's great. It is great. And her- Hugo says, listen, don't worry about it. I am I know where the cabin is. I need to help them. I'll catch up with you. He's taking them to go see Jacob in the cabin. And Sawyer, instead of de-escalating, is like, you don't have to do this. And then when he does agree, he says, if you hurt a- one hair on his little head, I'll kill you. He really does say this. It's beautiful. He says that out loud to Locke. John Locke. To Jonathan Lockathan. Yeah. Uh, and that's the main... That's that's yeah. the main shit, huh? Yeah, it's great. It's great. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a little subplot on the island. There is a minor subplot where uh, Bernard says, "Guys, let's check out what I found." And what is it? <laughs> it's a body again, Bernard. You gotta stop this, <laughs> Bernard. Bernard's number one favorite thing is he loves to find bodies. He does it every second <laughs> every, day now. Every episode, if you know where to look, you can find Bernard seeing a body. And in this one, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, he really sees it. He really sees it, and he brings other people in. Guys, come over. Come over. Check out what I found. Check out this loser. And it's a body. And uh, they're like, I don't know who this guy is. Do you guys know who this guy is? To Daniel Faraday and Charlotte. Um, That's the doctor from the boat. That's our doctor from the boat. And this is my favorite exchange in this subplot, which is Jack examines the body and says, his throat was slit. You guys wouldn't know anything about this, would you? And Daniel says, <laughs> Daniel says, he was fine when I left him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel, you always have a great sense of humor yeah. about these things. Number one, comp- laughing, laughing in the face of death, always laughing. Old Daniel Faraday chuckles, uh, chuckles ahoy. Doy, when I saw him, he wasn't dead. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, they hit him with the like, well, when did you see him last? And Daniel says, well, when is a kind of a relative term. It's like, Daniel Faraday, you little dick. Uh, and so the gang is like, well, we don't really have a way to, we should, we don't have a way to communicate with the with the boat right now. But what if we, for some reason, rigged up a Morse code signalizer? Mm-hmm. We can probably get that out. And it does work very quickly. It does work, and they're like, wow, well, this might actually work. We can ask about the doctor. We can ask about the doctor. And so Daniel taps out, all right, beep 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 What happened? beep beep to beep beep the beep beep doc beep 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 ter And they wait, and they get a response. Several beeps, several several beeperoonies. And so they're like, Daniel, what do you say? Daniel says well here's what they said they didn't exactly say what happened to the doctor but uh your friends are on the way back uh to the helicopter and we'll be uh we can finally start taking you all off of this island once and for all and everybody's like wow great and then jack says oh yeah bernard bernard what do you think and bernard says i know morse code too He's lying. The message didn't say that. The message said, what are you talking about? The doctor is fine. 
and Daniel is befuddled. That he yeah, that he's any- like, you know, Morris Cove. Anybody else? I this was airtight. Yeah, Th- this was. This- I got away with my little lie. <laughs> my little lie. Uh, and so Jack is not happy with the little lying man, and his. Uh, stomach lets him have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, it hates to hear lies. Jack's, uh, Jack's tummy says, truth only, please. And then mm. it starts to hurt. Starts to hurt. And this is the beginning of his Jack has a hernia plot. Yes, an, uh, an appendix. Time. Oh, appendicitis. Appendicitis. Ah, uh, it's going to rupture. Exactly. It's going to rupture, and then he's going to... He will die. He will die. <laughs> he will insist to stay up <laughs> for the procedure for no reason. For no reason. That does happen. That's pretty good. It's so funny. Oh, that's one of the funniest. Idiot boy. That's one of the funniest things that happens in the show IMO. <laughs> uh, that's the... Um, that's that plot. That's the main-ish. Yeah. That's the main-ish, eh? But we have a big subplot. There's a subplot. A big, beautiful subplot. Well, we've been talking about Benjamin Linus in the present, where his daughter is murdered, probably by his own hand, in a, in a roundabout way. Uh-huh. Uh, Due to his own, he lets it happen. He lets it happen. He could have just given himself up, and maybe they still would have killed her, but, uh, you know. Maybe they wouldn't have. Maybe he didn't have to say out loud to his daughter, I don't love you, <laughs> before, yeah. she, before she got That's hurt. That's a crazy one. That'll weigh on you. Well, what's uh, how's Ben Linus feeling uh, feeling in the future? Hot, I imagine, because he's sitting in the desert of Tunisia with a winter coat on. Uh huh. He sure is. Uh, he wakes up in the middle of the desert, which is where Locke wakes up in the middle of the desert. One after he pushes that fancy big wheel in the heart uh-huh. of the island. So we're led to believe that he has just pushed the wheel. I yes. guess yes. maybe we know this. Uh, you and I don't know this because we haven't seen that episode uh-huh. uh, and the viewer wouldn't know it either they okay would, they would just see ben linus wake up in the desert and be like what the hell's going on oh len binus len binus in the desert again <laughs> and why you got a winter coat on len and he says well listen i'll tell you in a second but first i gotta deal with these two guys who are riding two up camel men these two guys riding up on men camels. on camels men on camels and <laughs> not men not men <laughs> who are shaped like camel camels. men that's <laughs> awful that's no good there's two men on camels here men uh, riding camels with guns and they have guns and they're speaking the camels uh, don't have guns the men have guns and they're uh saying they're threatening ben and they're saying you know get out you know unzip your coat and ben's like i do you guys don't speak english huh? all right i i promise you know I, i'm just Doy. i'm cooperating here it is here i've got a coat and i've got this i've got this little innocent like, see this this is nothing this is and then like Turns out it's secretly a baton. Uh huh. And a, that is Ben's weapon of choice. It turns out. Yes, he loves to use this tiny little stealth baton, and he uses it to bop the guy, grab him, and then pull the trigger on his gun to shoot the second man. It's very weird. And then he throws. It's the crazy because Ben. And then, uh, sorry, you go. He disarms this man, uh-huh. throws him to the ground, and then the man says, "I surrender." And then Ben says, "Oh, so you do speak English before." killing him a great little one-liner a great little and one-liner. it's crazy because ben has never been a skilled hand-to-hand combat like physical fighting person no. but now he's incredible at it exactly his whole thing is like he's like he manipulates like he's scary in a weird way ben is extremely like like ben is uh like getting kicked in the balls and then he says ah it's actually part of my plan for you yeah, to kick me exactly. in the dick and balls this is, exactly. i'm exactly where i want to be uh-huh. turns out uh, but is, here he's it, just it, it's killing my people <laughs> with his bare hands he's just doing it to him uh so it's, a, it's okay it's it's fun he's having fun uh he goes to tunisia to check in and uh to check into a hotel and the hotel says and he checks it under a false identity and the false identity is named Dean, Dean Moriarty. Moriarty. <laughs> so you know what the Lost writers—they sure went to high school. They read a book one time. Weird. Uh, they Google- does he do anything in Tunisia? N- not really. He checks in. He checks in, and the only thing that's important about the scene is he first off says like, "Hey, uh, what's the date today?" And then he clarifies. He's like, "Oh, like 2005." Yeah. And the and the receptionist is like, "Yeah, dude, it's 2005." But we know that it's weird because he's time or whatever. Who cares? Uh-huh. It's time travel. Uh, so he goes there and he sees a funeral on TV. And who's on that TV also? His old Saeed. his old buddy Saeed. Oh, yeah. So that's what happens. He mm-hmm. goes to a hotel. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they are talking about 
the funeral of Nadia, who is Saeed's wife, yes. who died in Los Angeles, yes. but who is being buried in Iraq. Yes, correct. On TV in Tunisia. Uh, to be fair, Saeed did survive a famous plane crash. Uh-huh. So it's not like he's not a newsworthy person of note. Ah, the wife of a famous plane crash survivor <laughs> has died and will be buried in a neighboring country. I mean, yeah, the news. You, We're getting you watch back the, news. the wife of the famous plane crash survivor. <laughs> yeah, you've watched the news. Uh, yeah, you, you watch, you watch it's mostly about the burials of several tangentially famous people. <laughs> yeah, like real like people who were just who were hot in the news like yeah. a couple months ago. Sean White's former neighbor is being buried. <laughs> Stay tuned, for we have details of the Pope's high school teacher's burial. <laughs> yeah, 24-hour coverage. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that it's all <laughs> in a southern drawl. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, that's the news. Yeah, that's the news. We welcome, t- welcome to the news. <laughs> welcome to it. Welcome to it. The welcome t- to Tunisia. Welcome to Tunisia. And the now, welcome to Tikrit, Iraq. And he goes there. He goes there. He goes to. The, he says he sees the funeral on TV and says, "This I gotta see." <laughs> <laughs> and thanks. He has <laughs> chips, and they're like all over his chest, <laughs> and he's like, mm, mm, "I gotta go." Looks good. <laughs> <laughs> you mean this is real? <laughs> I gotta. No I gotta way. see this one. <laughs> A morning family and friends. You gotta be. Now I I've heard everything. You know I love this. <laughs> this is my shit. And then he goes. He goes. And he takes photos. He takes photos from a sneaky little building. But then Saeed, who is carrying the coffin, uh, t- t- goes Who's up. Carrying the coffin of his dead wife. Yes. Not just any coffin. <laughs> it's the coffin of his dead wife. I just want to stress that, like, the footage we see in Tunisia is Saeed saying to a pop to like a press person I just want to bury my wife in peace. Uh-huh. And then Ben goes from Tunisia to Iraq. Uh-huh. And the funeral's still going on. Oh yeah, the funeral is just beginning. <laughs> just this is this was all pre-funeral interviews. Mhm. Just said Said, how do you feel with the big uh, day coming up? Well, that's, that's the 24-hour coverage, right? <laughs> Funeral is in three days. <laughs> and, and, and here's what I love about it. So Saeed turns around. He's carrying the coffin. He spots a camera on the roof. And then Ben is like, uh-oh, the jig's up. I better get out of here. And then when he's on the ground level, he gets tackled by Saeed. Who and was Saeed- just carrying his wife's corpse and Saeed is saying Saeed is like you vultures you can't give me a moment of peace so he just he and then he realizes oh you're Ben Linus so he just thought it was another another paparazzi another member of the 24-hour news cycle he stopped carrying his wife's casket to to go punch a a paparazzi to go beat up a guy I understand his frustration but I do think that his reaction is inappropriate Absolutely. What are the, the there are five other people trying to carry that thing? Yeah, you gotta uh, see it through to the end and then beat up the man. Right. Uh, also, though, I love the thought that, like, there's just these tabloid executives being like, "Get me the money shot. <laughs> I want to see the survivor of Flight 815." Carrying the casket of his dead wife in Iraq. Yeah, you know how like the paparazzi muckrakers are always after, after like tragedy survivors. Yeah, <laughs> tragedy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you remember fucking um, seeing uh, the like high school graduation of the child of that Chilean miner? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That Wasn't that so dope? That <laughs> give me the photo of the Chilean runner and his son. Yeah, I'm glad that all <laughs> just like the paparazzi surrounding the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm glad that we got 24 hour coverage <laughs> of that whole event. God. Uh, weird. Uh, a little bit weird. Um. Anyways, Saeed says, "Oh my gosh, you're Ben. I'm not." And mad then they just stop and talk. Yeah, they're just they chatting. like have a conversation. If I were Saeed, I would have been go back to your wife. I would have if I were Saeed and I thought this is a paparazzi man. Oh no, it's Ben Linus. I would have done t- three times as many punches. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Instead, he says, "How did you get off the island? What are you doing here?" 
and said, what are you doing here at my funeral? And Ben's like, well, listen, you ever hear of a guy named Charles Widmore? Remember him? He sent a boat to our island full of big, mean guys. And Said's like, I'm off the island. Don't involve me in your fucking weird bullshit with a guy. I'm sick You're of bad this. bad man. He's just, I'm sick of this. And then, and then Ben says, well, you'll listen, listen to this. Listen, look at who I just spotted at your little funeral. And uh, some man who works for Whitmore. A man who works for Whitmore. And not only that, the last time we spotted this man, oh, yeah. he was driving a little car at the corner of La Brea and Santa Monica. <gasps> That's three blocks from where Nadia was killed. And Sides like, why would they do this? Why would they kill Nadia? And Sven says, hey, work for me as a mercenary and find out, why don't you? Which is weird, but okay. Weird. Um, so here's. And then, so the okay, Ben is tailing this man at a restaurant. Uh-huh. And then it's later. It's later. Later in the day, Ben's tailing the man at the restaurant. The man tracks the man down in an alley. The man corners him and says, who are you and who do you work for? And Ben says, I'm just a little guy named Benjamin Linus. I work for me, dummy. I, I work for my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, Gadget ass. <laughs> And right when he says that, Saeed pops the man he on cue. He pops the man. He kills the man. He unloads a full clip into the man. He f- he pops a bullet, watches him fall, and then unloads a full clip, which is extreme. It's big. It's scary. This is the second time we've seen someone unload a full clip explicitly on someone. I like it. <laughs> on a dead body. On a dead, already dead boy. The classic, the, the, the killing so nice they gave it to us twice. Yes. Uh, and so... Uh, Ben says, "All right, great job. That's th- thanks for the help, but I see you later. See buddy. you later." And then Said says, "No, no, no. Who's next?" But Ben hits him with the old, "Hey, man, listen. You got your revenge, but this is there's a lot of people, and this is my war, not yours. Don't worry about it." And Said hits him with the old, "I spent eight years with separated from the love of my life, and then I found her and married her." And then I buried her yesterday. So this is my war too, damn it. And I'm saying it's my war again. So I again ask you, Mr. Linus, who's next? And Ben's like, well, with an attitude like that, I guess I'll be in touch. And it's crazy. It's Saeed is intense about love. Saeed loves so deeply. Saeed loves so deeply and all the people he loves dies. He will wait. He will go to the ends of the earth to find you if he loves you. Saeed fell deeply in love with Shannon. Uh-huh. Shannon was killed and then Shannon had then Said had to be reluctant allies with her killers. Uh-huh. And that happened in between during another, his love. Another lost love. Yeah. Where he was like I guess I'm never going to find my lost my real true love ever. Do you think that Said becomes such an effective mercenary by choosing to love the people that he's about to kill? I think that's what it is. Because he's ge- he tracks them down. He tracks them down, and then he's... He, I think Saeed... He's like, I love you, and then they just get run over by a bus. That's exactly what happens, I think. <laughs> that's what happens. Because he can't love anyone alive. He can't. It's not allowed. You can't be happy on the show. Uh, so Saeed has become a mercenary now. Uh-huh. He says I will kill for Ben no matter what because I'm cuz cuz wha- I'm mad. Cuz what else am I going to do, yeah. right? Well, I'm not going to love. Might as well. We get one final scene in the episode. This is the final scene of the episode. It's London now. Mm-hmm. It's London time and Ben Linus says, "Hey, uh, hello, doorman. Hello, doorman of this fancy establishment. I have a meeting with old Bingle Crumpsworth in room 4E. And the doorman says, oh, Bingle Crumpsworth, eh? At this hour? At this wretched hour? You come up and you're going to see your friend? And Ben says, call him if you don't believe me. You see behind his back, he's got his baton at the he's ready. He's ready to kill at the drop of a hat. Ready to kill at the drop of a hat. And then the doorman says, oh, they don't pay me enough for this shit. Go on, Go whatever. Go on ahead, my boy. And uh, Ben obliges, enters, uh, enters the elevator and says, floor one, two, three, four, not high enough for me. Take me all the way up to floor number P. Penthouse. <laughs> P for penthouse. Magazine. Penthouse magazine floor, please. I'm going there, and I've got some ideas for their articles. Yes. Uh, and so, but at this hour, 
you can't just press the P button <laughs> and get up there. You, you gotta, gotta use a key. You gotta use the you gotta use the lock pick it some he weird way. He picks the lock. He picks the damn lock, and then he goes up there, and it's a darkened penthouse suite, and he goes in, and it's all dark. There's but the windows are wide open, and the moonlight is bathed over the scene, and everything is silhouetted in a deep blue, and then <laughs> obscured in a light black. I really like the lighting in the scene. Yeah, <laughs> it's very cool. You're, um, you're really describing it. I l- hey, uh, there's two big scenes in this episode that I really think of a lot. One we've already talked about, and the other one is this one, uh, where Ben comes in and says, "Get up, Charles Widmore. I've got a stay bone to pick with you." Yes. <laughs> uh, and Charles Whitmore is there. Charles Whitmore wakes gets up, up, and they just have a fucking chat. And Charles Whitmore is—he has a bottle of whiskey beside him, mm-hmm. and he. Gets up and pours himself a whiskey immediately. And Ben says, what are you doing, you bozo? And he's like, nightmares, my boy. I got him. And they fucking just kind of talk about old times, and they say, and Ben's like, hey, you broke the rules, and you killed my daughter. Not chill. And And Widmore says, you know that was your fault, buddy. And you know that everything you got, you took from me, and I'm gonna take it back someday. Uh-huh. Don't you worry about it. Uh, and uh, Ben and Charles says, "Well, if you're gonna kill me, go ahead and do it, you little rat-faced fuck. You little." <laughs> <laughs> he was my he was my favorite little rat-faced fuck. <laughs> he does call him. He does call him a little yeah. like a, you sneak into my room at night like, like a, a rat, rat. and you yeah. look at me with those horrible eyes yeah. like you're the victim. It's cool. He says he has horrible eyes, which is true. <laughs> Whitmore is crazy. Whitmore is big. Uh, and and Ben says, I'm not going to kill you. You and I know that's against the rules, but you broke those rules when you killed my daughter. So here's the ish. I'm going to kill your daughter, <laughs> idiot. It's crazy. An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. It really does. Stop killing each other's daughters. <laughs> and, and 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 Charles is like, good luck finding her, idiot. Uh, and, and Ben's like, thanks. <laughs> and, then th- and then they're like, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. So long. Ben literally says, sleep tight, Charles. Yeah, which, which is funny. Which is cute. I bet he won't. He won't, not after no. that, with all the nightmares. Well, maybe if he drinks enough of that scotch, he'll sleep. Yeah, sleep. drink a whole bottle. That'll put you to sleep. That'll put you all the way to bed. Uh, yeah, big scene. Uh, the Widmore and Ben conflict is, like, dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I don't understand it. It doesn't, like, m- like knowing what we know about it, it's nonsense. Uh-huh. It's just like Ben, like, Widmore wants the island because he's mad, but then he gets good again. And, like, Ben doesn't want, like, why do the... Why ben do doesn't th- want to share. Even, like, if you go to the like, premise of this whole, like, conflict of this episode, why do these military guys want to, like, kill everybody? I don't why know. Does ben, why does Widmore, if, he care, if he's like, I gotta have the island back, why is he like, well, I better get Ben and then kill everyone on it? If he's that, like, if he's if he's that, why doesn't he just kill Ben? Because they're bad. The why doesn't he just kill Ben? Against the rules, you know. What are the rules? What are the rules? You know what? This episode raises a lot of questions, uh-huh. and I'm willing to bet that it's your turn to look up the Lostpedia questions and answers. All right, let me just go to uh, Lostpedia.fandom.com. Is Lost that it? Lostpedia.fandom.com. Ah. Wow, this is going to be really good. It's going to be a lot, because this is a dense-ass episode full of questions, comments, and concerns. The ass on this episode? Dense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they say. The old ass, mm-hmm. The old ass, mm-hmm. Uh, All right, where are we at? Where Season are we at? Season four, episode nine. That's indeed the one, the shape of things to come, of course. All right, why is Jack ill? Oh, he got a fucking tummy ache. True. <laughs> Appendicitis. Appendicitis. How did Doc Ray die? Uh, what's his, one of the military guys slashed his damn throat. Why? Because uh, he was pissed. Like, it was to coax Lapidus into flying him back to the island. That's right. That's right. Why was Ben in the desert with a thick Dharma parka? Because he pushed the big wheel of time that's in the cold place. Oh, well, he had emerged there from turning the frozen donkey wheel yes that's what they call it which transported him through a wormhole through space-time to the desert yeah well you know the classic mechanic of lost that we all understand why was nadia murdered uh the why the why is i'm not sure 
it seems that the intended target was actually Saeed, who was walking with Nadia. Yes. Jacob touched Saeed, sparing him from crossing the street, and Nadia was killed in collateral. This is consistent with Ben's repeated claims that Widmore's organization was a threat to the safety of the Oceanic Six. Yes. I that's that all checks out. <laughs> what was inside the secret room? A uh, big dirty toilet that Ben fucking drains up shitty shit water and then but but we find out cuz that's like we we see here he drains the water and the smoke monster comes but maybe the smoke monster was really a man with no name who was manipulating everybody well essentially that but i feel the note to say they also say the system seems related to the island's inner flow of water and electromagnetism ah oh, wow so yes. it's about electromagnetism you again water you gotta have electromagnetism if you're talking about the mechanisms of the island and you're not talking electromagnetism you're wasting my damn time why were the ancient egyptians on the island well um, where, you know, I don't necessarily remember the part in the episode that asks that question. <laughs> Maybe they just tossed it in for fun. <laughs> Jacob has brought multiple cultures of people to the island throughout history in his, in his endeavor to prove mankind's goodness. Yeah. But they always wipe each other out in a cycle of destruction. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude, they sure do. <laughs> it's so weird that... Why don't they just not kill each other? <laughs> so it's like Ben is like, ah, we got to protect the island and kill these people. I'm yeah. not knocking on Jacob's orders. And it's like, why doesn't Jacob just be like, don't kill anyone? That's the Dude. whole. That's why Jacob's shit is so dumb. Because it's like he has this like he keeps bringing people and he's like, I'm going to prove to you that they're good. And they all they always kill each other. Yeah. And then even when he I've lived in a lot of places where the majority of people don't murder each other. And even comes with the idea of like, well, what if I had a guy who could like go and tell them for me? Uh -huh. stuff? And even then the best Richard can do is like, I don't even know what he does. He's just like, oh, it's just sometimes it's, I don't know. He's God. He's listen. Jacob says uh, that you should el electromagnet. Exactly. And there's a the water in the pool. And there's a toilet in your room. <laughs> Why was the housing built over the secret room? Uh, by accident, I think, is maybe the actual answer. Dharma was concerned with protecting and preserving the island's ancient ruins, a concern enforced by the hostiles in the truce. Really? Okay. I don't remember when that happens, but I believe it. Checks out. What is the nature of summoning the monster? Uh, you pull a little sink drain and all the poop water goes away. And the smoke monster slurps it up and says, yum, yum, tasty treat for me. I'll kill whoever you want, daddy. <laughs> Am I close? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it says that Ben can't control the monster, but he can summon it. Yes. Sure. Why not? Why did the freighter say that the doctor was fine? Because time weirdness. So the scene where we see the doctor's throat get slit happens after this episode so time things happen the yeah. doctor's body went back in time because it's time things. yeah you it know. just hasn't happened yet yeah time what is the nature of the rules Un. uh this one i'm gonna i'm gonna give this one an ambiguous according to the writers oh not through their writing i guess they just told the person sure um the rules were a code between ben and widmore governed by the island sure Ben and Widmore cannot be killed, sure. especially by each other, especially. until they have each served their purpose to the island. Okay. Well, doesn't Ben dome Widmore after Widmore whispers? He had served his purpose to the island. He did it. He brought Desmond over. Fucking That's his whole point. Oof, whatever. He said, he, he, Locke walked up to him and said, a war is coming. And then Widmore says, well, guess I'll die. It's hinted that Jacob was the one who decreed these rules. <sighs> Yeah, fucking that guy. Always up to no good. Um, this may also apply to Alex's fate and Ben's initial belief that she wouldn't be killed per oh. the rules. It seems that Ben and Widmore's understanding of the rules may be very interpretive. It also seems that for a time, it had been Jacob and the island's will that Alex not die. And then it says more words, but... That's interesting. 
I like the idea that they're like uh one of the things that I do like about like fucking the island bullshit is the idea that like like nobody quite has it right yeah and everybody's interpreting it like yeah. weirdly and wrong which this works a lot better if you don't have direct contact with god yeah that's kind of that's where things kind of fall apart yeah yeah but i do like it mm-hmm. uh what is widmore and ben's personal history uh well it's easy uh shot a young shot benjamin linus came into the other's camp and Widmore said, well, let's raise this guy as our own and said, hey, maybe Ben can kidnap a little baby named Alex for us for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then and then maybe I can threaten him to kill him. And if he doesn't, well, I guess I'll be pissed off and then I'll get exiled for my own reasons of having a daughter outside the island for some reason. And then Ben says, well, I run things now, bucko busteroony. And uh, that is pretty <laughs> much exactly what is written here. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. Good work. Great. All right, we'll do one more. It's a self-implied. Oh, yes. Thank you. Why is Widmore having nightmares? Uh, Because of the endless pursuit of the island has taken everything from him. Uh, All these riches in the world. This is... This is all me projecting. I'm not like Widmore. Widmore's fucking whole thing is so underdeveloped that it has to be self-implied. But Likely I like to... brought on by the expectation that Ben is coming to kill him. Yes. Which I don't think works if the rules state that they can't kill each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. If that's the rules, then he's fine. Maybe he's worried for his daughter. Maybe he's worried for... Uh, maybe he's just so... You know, all the money he's sunk into trying to find this damn-ass island again. Yeah, he's, it's a money thing. It's a money worried thing. about money. It's money nightmares. His We've nightmares are that he goes poor. <laughs> we all have nightmares. Yes, like every fucking day of my life. Every damn ass day. Well, what do you wa- say we watch another one? Oh, Those the questions were stupid. Well, the questions made me like the episode less. I know, me too. <laughs> that always seems to be that way. We're like, yeah, that's a fun episode. Yeah. And it was a fun episode. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Can I get a number from random.org, please? Yeah. From 1 what to 30? What do you say to this one? 29. <laughs> 29. Oh Let's my god. Let's do this. 29. Season 6, episode 11, Happily Ever After, and it is a uh Kevin episode. <laughs> Imagine if I say to you out loud, and it's a Kevin episode. <laughs> My friend, it's a Desmond episode. Oh, that's great. I love Desmond. You got to love a Desmond episode, and it's all here and uh here it goes. It's not our last Desmond episode. We still have more Desmond to go. Oh, good. But uh, that will do it for this episode of the Island Shuffle. What Thanks do you s- for listening, guys. Guys, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we are Bean and James. Yes, we are. You can find me on Twitter.com at Barrier Trio. You can find me on the bus. <laughs> Bottle full of bus. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you can find the show on Twitter.com at Island Shuffle and Facebook.com slash The Island Shuffle. For all your latest updates when a new episode comes out, you can find the podcast wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Give us a review if you'd like. Five yes. five of stars, we don't mind it. Any any stars, we don't mind them. I like it. I like it. Um, and we would also like to give a, sh- a humble shout out to noisespace.xyz. Noisespace has a Patreon now. Did you know? Yes. You Did can you know you can support Noisespace? Matt hosts all of these lovely podcasts out of his little pocket. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, why don't you go and ahead? it's growing littler and littler by the day. <laughs> and, and let's grow the pocket. Let's grow the pocket. S- send a dollar a month over Matt's way at, no- at patreon.com slash noisespace and get, uh, send, send him money. That's what I say. Yes. Uh, and while you're at it, if you think if you listen to our show and you think this shit ain't worth a dollar a month, well, listen, there's more podcasts <laughs> where that came from. One might be. If you go to noisespace.xyz, you can find all kinds of podcasts like Jergen It, The Stick, The Wonder Yerks, and even more podcasts than that. Uh, and they're all good, IMO. Uh, so surely all of these podcasts together are worth at least a dollar a month. One dollar a month. One of dollar a month in your heart. Uh, or even more than that, if you're feeling feeling generous. One dollar and one cent. One, one hundred and one pennies. One hundred and one pennies for a month. One, Mr. Matt of Nintendo GameCube. Mailed in the post. Mailed in the post directly to GameCube Matt. And with that, I bid this episode a goodbye. Uh, thank you all, Willies, again for listening. And like we say at the end of every single one of these freaking episodes.